Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, December 15th, 2023. I'm here with Luke again, polishing off his triple header on the show. Yes. We'll have Colin back on Monday's episode, but our normal scheduled programming on a Friday. NFL Week 15, top five shortstops in 2023, Premier League weekend. UCL match day six. We're going to talk some qualifications, some potential matchups for the knockout stages, and then questions time. But for the first time, Reddit questions time. We're going to have our questions submitted to us on Reddit. They're actually just submitted by Nathan. Um, Nathan, obviously my brother, friend of the program, um, submitted the questions on Reddit. They're pretty fun. I went ahead and looked at them. They're pretty good. Um, So we'll do that to uh, finish off the show. But for now, no more bye weeks in the NFL. The first week of Saturday games, some big shifts in the playoff picture could arise this weekend. And we're really just in full end-of-the-season mode in the NFL. Luke, how are you feeling? Feeling great, man. We got to, you know, now it's time to start talking about playoff implications because there's a lot of them. Yep. I mean, even on, on Saturday, we have two games that are both uh, full of teams that are seven and six. So, I mean, it's uh, coming down to the wire for some of these teams, especially my Steelers. So, I'll have to see how they do on Saturday football. Saturday NFL. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. So, why don't we go ahead and get into it? NFL Week 15. It's going to be a good one. There's some great matchups. And we start with our first Saturday games of the week or of the season. Vikings Bengals, one o'clock on Saturday. Um, this one's interesting. Um both teams way, you know, way out of the I don't know, way way, way, way away from what we thought they would be coming into this season. Of course. The Vikings are starting huh. Nick Mullins, I think, this week. The Bengals, obviously, Jake Browning, the legend of himself, continuing. God. Yeah. (laughs) But for some reason, both of these teams, despite the injuries to their quarterbacks and despite everything else that's happened this season, bad starts for both of these teams as well, they both find themselves in some must-win situations. And obviously this week, a must-win for both sides, and only one can come out. Yeah. Um. Well, listen, I, I don't think this game's really that interesting. Um, you have the Vikings that are one, uh, one and two in their last three. They lost to the Broncos by one. They lost to the Bears by two. And then they beat the Raiders by three, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it. But um, the Bengals, though, have put up 34 points in back-to-back games with Jake Browning. And the Vikings have scored 15 points in their last two weeks. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go Cincinnati. Um Listen, if I'm Minnesota, uh, we got to get the ball to Justin Jefferson if he's healthy. I know he's you know coming off of that chest injury that Josh yeah. Dobbs led him into from last week, but um yeah, this Vikings team is kind of screwed. Um, you know that we're off the Josh Dobbs hype train. I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Or at least the whole NFL should be. But um <clears throat> yeah, the Bengals look really good. Um, despite you know not having Joe Burrow, I mean, 34 points back to back weeks without your starting quarterback is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Jefferson had a full practice Thursday. He was limited on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Right now he's listed as questionable. I have a feeling he's going to play. Um, yeah. 
just because this is this is a big game for the Vikings. Um, because at the moment, what they're second in the uh, NFC North. Yeah, second in the NFC North, and honestly, they you know they've found the Lions in a point of vulnerability. They just lost to the Bears. They have not been playing good football the last couple of weeks. This is the best time to strike for Minnesota. Unfortunately, Nick Mullins is going to have to lead the charge. Yeah, and you know if we want to talk even more, you have a third place Packers team that's you know six and seven. They're only like one game behind them, basically. And I mean, they're right there. They look way better than the Vikings have yeah. looked in their past couple of weeks. And yeah, I mean, even the Bears, they're five and eight. They're only one game behind the Packers, and they look even better than the Vikings do right now. So the Vikings got to turn it around against the Bengals team that just looks so good with their backup quarterback. And I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to go 28 to 10 Vikings. Okay. Or no, Bengals. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said all that and then picked the uh, Vikings. 28 <laughs> 10 Bengals. I'm going to go. 27-17 Bengals. I like it. Yep. All right. Uh, next game on Saturday, Steelers-Colts. Another 7-6 versus 7-6. This one, wh- what do you think? Like these, in my opinion, neither of these are playoff teams. Even Despite where yeah. they sit right now, I don't see either of these teams either making the playoffs if they do by you know, some – odd reason I don't see them doing anything once they get there no you're exactly right I mean the Bengals um or sorry the the Colts you know they've been able to compete with a lot of very good teams with their current situation um but I mean if they don't have Jonathan Taylor it's a definite no because Zach Moss has been kind of getting eaten up the past couple weeks um yeah, they need their guy Jonathan Taylor back. Uh, Michael Pittman is really the only consistent guy on their offense, I would say. And, you know, their defense has just been too inconsistent. On the Steelers' side, I, I mean, what is there to say except for the broken record that, you know, of all the things I've been saying all year long? You know, run game, incredibly inconsistent. When it's bad, it's probably the worst in the league. And without Kenny Pickett, we definitely can't win. You know, I, I have my problems with Kenny Pickett, but at least I know at least I know he can win football games. Mitchell Trubisky can't win football games. So yeah, I, I don't know what's gonna happen with the Steelers. Um knowing Mike Tomlin, I would expect us to you know stop the slip. And honestly, I think we're gonna beat the Colts. But it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna take a lot for Mitchell yeah. Trubisky. It literally all comes down to him. He's the only factor in this game, him and our run game. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like you guys haven't really had problems at receiver. Deontay and George Pickens are both playing pretty well, you know, all things considered with the quarterback play. And then Najee and Jalen Warren certainly aren't doing a bad job right now. It's just more about the fact that they're not getting into a position where they can run the ball all that much. So you're right. It's all on Mitch. He's really got to do something. But there is a few things that, you know, factor in that could help you guys out in this one. The Colts. Jonathan Taylor out. Offensive tackle Braden Smith out. DeForest Buckner was had a full practice Tuesday, was limited Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. Might be missing him too. Okay. That would be a big loss for them. So, you know, I don't really know what the deal is there, but for Pittsburgh, obviously Kenny's out, like we kind of already established. Um Sayumalo is questionable, but 
I have a feeling he'll end up not playing. He didn't practice at all this week. Um, so I'm kind of surprised yeah. he's questionable. Um, but maybe that, you know, is a good thing. And then uh, obviously TJ Watt cleared concussion protocol earlier uh, in the week. So he's all good to go as well. Um, yeah, I think I, I think the Steelers can take this one only because of the injuries to the Colts. And like Gardner Minshew is prone to make mistakes. It just seems like they haven't been game changing because they haven't played a lot of super close games. But in the close games they have, a lot of times they lose because of, you know, mistakes that happen early in the game, really just throughout the game from the offense. I think obviously the Steelers offense can make mistakes as well. Mitch Trubisky certainly isn't a perfect quarterback. But I think you guys could capitalize on some of the mistakes the Colts made because or Colts make because you guys have such a good defense. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um I'm gonna go twenty seventeen Pittsburgh. Okay, I'm going to go 24-20 Pittsburgh. I like it. And I also uh, I want to mention playoff implications for the AFC North as well. Um, with last week, uh, you know, Joe Flacco playing very good football for the Browns, which is not very good for the Steelers. I mean, really, out of all the teams in the AFC North, the Steelers have been the team that's slipping. You have uh, the Steelers have lost two in a row. The Browns are coming off of a win. The Ravens are coming off of three. And the Bengals are coming off of two. So it's really, you know, more so for the Steelers than anybody tied uh, tied at the bottom with the Bengals at seven and six. We, we got to get it going because the other three teams are looking really, really good right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, really, I'd really good. Agree. I would even say the Browns have a shot with Joe Flacco at quarterback if they make the playoffs. Yeah. That defense is crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're amazing. They're 6-1 and one at home. I know. They're they're a great team, and, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But let's get into Saturday night football. Broncos-Lions. And I actually I love this matchup. Ooh, great I, game. I think that the Broncos, I, I still, I do think they're a, a pretty good team. They've kind of become, in my eyes, like the litmus test to see if you're a great team or not. Like, they're the <laughs> one you try out. A great team can beat the Broncos, for sure. But yeah, it's a good way to figure out if you're a good team or not because it's a well-coached team. They have a veteran quarterback. They have good receivers. They have a very good defense. If you can beat that team, there's a whole lot of other teams you can beat. And... It's also a big matchup for the Broncos' playoff hopes because kind of the remainder of their games are cupcakes after the Lions. Like, they've got the Patriots-Chargers-Raiders after this Lions game. That's so easy. (laughs) And they're one game back from Kansas City. Yeah. Like, they genuinely have a shot with how bad Kansas City has played. If Denver can just keep playing good football... They're going to win. But for the Lions' side, much trickier. The loss last week throws off kind of the rest of the season. Because you were about to be 10-3. and three. You're essentially shoe-in for a playoff spot, almost shoe-in for this division. Now, there's a whole lot of work to do, and you have some tough games to close it out. Because if the Vikings look okay, even, with Nick Mullins at quarterback, the Lions go Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings, and they're away at the Cowboys. That's a loss right now. 
In my, uh, in Sunday my night mind. football and Jerry World, dude, or Monday night. I, I don't know what day the 30th uh, falls on, but it's a primetime game. Monday. Or no, it's on ABC. Yeah. Yeah. Monday yeah. night. But nonetheless, like, that's going to be a big deal. And I, I think that beating the Broncos here puts you at 10 wins, makes you a whole lot more comfortable, especially if the Vikings lose on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. The, the Lions can go into this game knowing that, you know, if they get the win here, they'll be at least three or, you know, three games ahead, at the least two games ahead of the rest of the division with only three to play. Yeah, but, you know, I want to mention, though, the Broncos are catching a Lions team at the perfect time. Because, yeah. I mean, you have the Lions coming off of the loss to the Packers on Thanksgiving, I believe, is when they lost to the Pack, right? When they played the Packers? Pretty sure that was Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. I think it was. Uh, coming off a 29-22 loss. Then you go play New Orleans, who struggled all year long, and you put up 33, but you also gave up 28 and almost a comeback loss. Then you have Chicago, granted division rival, but you didn't even keep it within one score. You lost 28-13. to 13. I, I really think, Grayson, that this Broncos team is going to take it here. I, I really do. It's going to be tough. It, yeah. All the questions are on Jared Goff right now. I mean, the run game for the Lions has looked fine, especially last week. You know, they only put up 13 points, but Jameer Gibbs and uh, David Montgomery, we talked about it on the Monday episode, looked really, really good. I mean, it counted for almost 130 yards, uh, just those two. Um. So, yeah, I think the Broncos, they, they're just coming off of um, really two good games. Even their loss before the win against the Chargers, like, they just – they didn't let it affect them at all. They came out and just killed the Chargers. I don't want to talk about Justin Herbert getting hurt. You know, obviously that affected it, but still, I mean, they killed him. They yeah, killed him. <laughs> definitely. So I, yeah. I, I don't know how to feel going into this because, like, the Lions are on paper the better team. You look at the record, obviously. You look at the guys on the squad. Everything about them seems like they're the better team. But the form that the Broncos are on is crazy. Like, the thing is, is that they can put up 20 points to 28 points every week. And it's just kind of up to whatever the other team has if they're going to win. Like, the Broncos' defense is great. Like, Sertan is going to give Amon Ross St. Brown a fit next, or, you know, this week. But, you know, is. You know, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, are those guys going to do a good job? And then for the Broncos offense, can Javante Williams run well in this game? Is Cortland Sutton going to actually catch the ball when you throw it to him? Same for Jerry Judy. There is factors that are going to play into this that simply nobody's going to know how it's going to go until it's over. Yeah. But yep. I'm going to just stick with the Lions just because there is – there is a good side, and we've seen it so many times this season. I can't judge them off of you know a, a couple of weeks. So I'm going to take the Lions, um, twenty-seven twenty. Okay, I'm going to take the Broncos twenty-four twenty-one. Okay, well let's get into Sunday's matchups. We'll start off with Bears Browns, and interesting scenario here. The Bears could win out, go 9-8, and eight, and maybe make the playoffs because <laughs> yeah. their schedule isn't that bad. And if they catch this Browns team, which 
injuries and everything. Obviously, haven't shut them down because you know Flacco's come in, done a great job, but they're certainly more limited than they were prior. And after this Browns team, the Bears play the Cardinals, the Falcons, and then at the Packers. Those are all winnable games if they're running an offense like they did against Detroit last week. Yeah, they are. But, you know, I feel like with the Bears, their their 50-50 offense is going to meet a serious challenge whenever they go and play Cleveland. Um, and, and especially if you have Flacco throwing for, you know, 250, 300 yards and multiple touchdowns and only one pick, it, it's going to take a very good game for the Bears to keep up with the Browns. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, that offense is going to have to be rolling for the Bears if they want a chance because this Cleveland defense is very good. They only give up just over 100 rushing yards per game. They give up only 159.7 passing yards per game. That is amazing. And it definitely is proven with their record and the teams they've beaten, like beating the Jags last week. They shut down Trevor Lawrence. They beat the Steelers. Bad quarterback play. You're never going to survive. They beat the Ravens. That one was just fucking... They were just punching each other in the face (laughs) in that game. (laughs) But like Cardinals, Colts, the 49ers when Brock Purdy wasn't playing well. Like They'll expose a quarterback here and there, and it gets them the win. I got a feeling that's how this goes this week. Justin Fields probably gets just shut down in the passing game, and... The running game just can't keep up. So I'm going to go Cleveland 23, uh, Bears 14. That's a good score. Um, I like Chicago's chances going back to something that you said last week. I think Justin Fields, if he's going to freestyle, he definitely needs to do it this game. Because, I mean, the the Browns' pass rush is going to be there, right? I mean, the pocket's going to be shredded probably most of the game. But what happens when Justin Fields can get out of the pocket, extend the plays, give his wide receivers more time, or even, you know, make a running play down the field? That is where I think the Bears can win this game, but I don't think it's going to happen against the Browns. I'm going to go Cleveland, Cleveland 21, Chicago 13. Okay, let's move on to the next game then, Buccaneers-Packers. Once again, just a survival game. Both these teams six and seven, but they've both got things to play for. The Bucks know that the NFC South, your wins are going to come sparingly. <laughs> we'll we'll keep it at that. <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> it's likely that you're going to have to win if you want to go to the playoffs. That's just how it goes in the NFC South right now. But for the Packers, they're in a position where they can actually make the playoffs as well. At six and seven, it seems like oh, you're below 500 this point in the season, you're never going to make it. But they've got Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. Obviously, the Panthers is a win. But if they win this game versus the Bucs, which you're bringing them to Lambeau, and you've been playing amazing football. I know they lost to the Giants on Monday Night Football last week. It was weird. But the way they have been playing, considering they beat the Chargers, Lions, and Chiefs in three straight weeks. I still feel very good about how they're playing. The Giants is just so weird. (laughs) When you just look at who's playing right now for the Giants, you're confused. And I think that probably is part of it. But if they can just lock in 
for the rest of this, they can win any of these games. They can win all of these games, and I think they could beat the Buccaneers this week. Yeah, and, you know, I like how you mentioned that, you know, the Packers are still a hot team despite losing to the Giants. I, I kind of felt like that was a little bit of an outlier game, not to take anything away from Tommy DeVito and the Giants, but, like, when Tommy DeVito rushes for 71 yards and Saquon has 86 and two touchdowns, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, That's a great way to win football games. Uh, So I, I still have confidence in the Packers to get it done. Um, You know, despite their run game being shit, they've actually, you know, surprisingly figured out how to win games without the run game, which is uh something that I thought they were going to have to rely on a little bit more this year. And on the Buccaneers side, I, I thought that win against the Falcons was very great, you know, yeah. For the past couple weeks, we've kind of been talking about the Buccaneers in a in a negative light, especially offensively. But you know, this comeback win against the Falcons was uh, was very telling. Um, Baker didn't have, you know, the most impressive statistical game. You know, fourteen for twenty nine, one forty four, two touchdowns. So completion percentage under fifty percent. But he also didn't throw any picks. Yeah. So you know, th- there's something to there's something to like there, and they've you know definitely got it figured out with Rashad White. You know. With how involved he is in their receiving game and with how involved he is in their rushing game, I mean, they have something good going with him. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of liking the Buccaneers in this one. Yeah, my, my thing about the Buccaneers is that every team they've played this season, they just give them a chance to win the game multiple times throughout the game. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, the last two weeks they've won because they were playing against offenses that simply <laughs> are not seizing opportunities the Falcons last week, the Panthers the week before. But they lost to the Colts in a one-score game. They lost to the 49ers only by, what, two scores? Yeah, two-score game to the 49ers, which, considering how good the 49ers are, that's not bad. But they get the big win over Tennessee because Tennessee wasn't playing well that day. And they lose to the Texans because the Texans simply can seize opportunities and, and so on and so forth. The Bills, obviously, the Lions. Like, those are the teams that beat the Buccaneers. Also, the Falcons beat them one time. It was a different offense. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's my issue with the Buccaneers and how the Packers are playing right now. I think they can seize the opportunities. I'm going to take the Packers. Uh, let's go 20-17. to 17. I'm going to take the Buccaneers 24 to 17. Okay. Well, then let's move on to the next one. Texans, Titans. Big thing here, Nico Collins and CJ Stroud not looking good to play this week. Um, That puts them in a really bad spot. I don't think CJ has quite um, passed concussion protocol. That's obviously an issue. Um yeah, no practice for CJ or Nico or Will Anderson, uh, for that matter, today, nor George Fent on the offensive line. So they're not looking good. But um, you have, you know, Laramie Tunsil back in practice. He had a full practice Thursday. Um, that's going to be a huge help. Dalton Schultz um, probably going to be back. He had two full practices this week. The Texans, obviously, they need C.J. Stroud, no doubt. And they need Nico Collins as well. Without him, they can still beat the Titans. I think they could. I think they could. 
I don't know, man. I last week was so bad for Houston. I, I don't know if I really can believe in him. I, there, I mean, then again, there's not a big enough sample size, so we don't truly know. Um, but, you know, on the Titans side, they looked absolutely fantastic against the Dolphins. Definitely. I, I mean, is it fair to say that this was probably the best Tennessee Titans game they've played all year long? Yes. Yeah, I'd say. I, I, I think so, too. I mean, you have D-Hop, seven receptions, over 120 yards and a touchdown. He looks like, you know, old D-Hop in this game. Um, Will Levis was fantastic. Probably his best game of his career yeah. so far. Um, and Derrick Henry, you know, wasn't that great at all at running the ball, but he did get two touchdowns. So, you know, if that's if that's what he needs to do, that's what he needs to do. I really, really like Tennessee in this game. Okay, yeah. And, I, and now if, if, if we want to talk about playoff implications, sorry to cut you off, we want to talk about playoff implications if Tennessee wins – I think if they win, it'll put them only one game behind Houston, which is yeah. crazy to think about that Tennessee is still able to hang on. But I, I think Tennessee's going to have this one. Okay. Yeah. My biggest thing is like, is because like the thing is, the second CJ Stroud clears concussion protocol, he's starting. Yes. No ifs, ands, or buts. Davis Mills will not see the field if CJ Stroud is healthy. My problem is. Is there a scenario where the Texans just sit CJ Stroud for the rest of the year? Ooh. Probably not, right? Why not? Because they have a shot. But they don't have a shot at a Super Bowl. You already you have a young guy who just had a really a, a pretty bad looking concussion. Yeah. Just let him chill. <laughs> Really? I, I I don't know. Like, you know, if you win, you win. If you lose, you get a better draft pick. I I think yeah. the Texans should be thinking about that a little bit. Obviously, they want to win the football games. D'Amico Ryans wants to win the football games. With that being said, you got to make a business decision here because this is a draft class that you want to have a good pick in, for sure. And... I think that with how the Texans have, you know, come this far, you know what CJ and Nico and Tank can all do for you. They're going to keep doing it down the road. I think you can kind of bet on that for those three. Why not add some more to this team, make it a more complete team through the draft, through the offseason, and, like, actually come out looking like a contender? Because, like, They've won big games, no doubt about it. Like, they lost the first two games of the season. The Ravens, a super tough matchup. The Colts, just a wild, close game. I don't even really know what happened there. I can't remember that game at all. But (laughs) you have the big win over the Jags, the win over the Saints. But then, like, you see the games, like, losing to the Falcons when they easily could have won that game, losing to the Panthers when they totally should have dominated that game. But then, like, a close one you win against the Bucks, a close one you win against the Bengals, and it's like maybe there's hope, and then it drops right back off with a loss to the Jags, and then you play a close one with the Broncos, and you get the win, but you follow it up the next week. CJ gets hurt. Nico gets hurt early. That's where you see the collapse. Like, what's the use in having CJ Stroud on the field, possibly not 100% without Nico Collins, without Tank Dell, and, you know, possibly missing an offensive lineman. That I'm just 
putting that out there as a possibility. Yeah, I, I get that. But I, I think my rebuttal to that is the possibility, you know, of making the playoffs with CJ Stroud or for yeah. the Texans is immensely higher with CJ Stroud, Definitely. obviously, right? And especially with them, you know, they're second in their division tied with the Colts at seven and six. I'll ask you this do you think with all those injuries, but CJ Stroud plays, are they better than the Colts? Oh, man. See, that's tough because the Colts just somehow have found a way to win every time. Whereas, like, the Texans can go into a game and, like, people actually can think they'll win. The Colts are much different. The Colts, a lot of the wins they've gotten this season, first of all, haven't come against, you know, the best opponents. Because, like, what, their their best win this season is the Ravens? And that game was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Like that, I think that was kind of before the Ravens found their identity this season. But, like... Uh, like half their other wins, you you look at them and it's like, okay, they beat the Texans before, you know, the Texans became what we're looking at them as now. They beat the Titans, the Panthers, the Patriots, the Bucks, the Titans. That doesn't translate well in my head. Okay, that's fair, but I, I'm going to go ahead and give a score prediction here. Um, Without CJ Stroud, I'm going to go Tennessee 24, Houston 14. Okay. Yeah, without CJ, I'm going to go uh, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee 20, uh, Texans 17. I like it. All right. Next game, Jets-Dolphins. Is Zach Wilson capable of winning a game? (laughs) He did last week. I know. Problem is... The Dolphins, which they weren't capable of winning a game last week. Um, yeah, I just I, – I, it's so hard to say that the Jets can win this game. That's where I'm at right now because the Dolphins just so clearly seem like they should just beat the brakes off them again. Yeah, and I mean it wasn't too long ago when they played on Black Friday and they won 34-13 to over the Jets. Um yeah. I don't think Zach Wilson was playing in that game. Not that it means anything, but Zach Wilson is coming off of a fantastic game against Houston, despite having the injury to CJ Stroud. Um, I, I don't know. Th- this game is kind of weird going into it because of uh, just these last weeks. You know, that you have the Jets put up 30 points and only gave up six. The Titans didn't even pass for a touchdown. Yeah. And their offense, they kind of had to rely on Raheem Mostert to do most of the work there. Ah, man. I don't know. This one's going to be tough. It's really concerning to me that Tua didn't throw a touchdown last week. I agree. And then he's going in to play a division rival. Yeah, with a great secondary. Yeah. Is Tyree Kill going to be healthy? Uh... I know he was... Having issues. Pull up the injury report. Pulled up a lot of injury reports today. Yeah. Uh, a lot of. Let's see. Did not practice Thursday. Now that changes a lot. Neither did. I, I actually, I will. Neither did Evan A. Chain. Yep. You know, without Tyreek Hill, Devin A. Chain, I'm going to go. Hmm. Jets. Oh. Jets 24, Dolphins 21. Okay. 
I think even without yeah. both of them, even though I, I don't know, it's tough because like, what is Tyreek's injury? Ankle. That is hard. Oh man, this is tough. Um, I'm still gonna stick with the Dolphins. Uh, I'm gonna take the Dolphins twenty-one, the Jets uh, fourteen. All right. All right, next game, Chiefs-Patriots. Uh, Chiefs are going to win, obviously, um, but it's not going to look good. The, Ch- the Chiefs suck. I want that, at least for the Chiefs. The Chiefs suck <laughs> yeah, when yeah. it comes to the standard that we should be holding the Chiefs to, uh, which is you know reigning Super Bowl champions, uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks <laughs> to ever do it, uh, one of the best tight ends, possibly uh, the best tight end ever. They should be playing better than eight and five, and you know, some of the losses they've had are just brutal. Patrick Mahomes, he must be the funniest quarterback to have as like the leader of your football team. Yeah, I, I mean, what a I, I get being mad, but you as a starting quarterback who's won Super Bowls, he just fucking like a like a little kid yeah. after the Bills game. Like it was actually like. I get you're upset, but it was it was comically immature for me to watch. Yeah. And I, I don't want to dog on him because he's probably one of the greatest to ever play this sport. You know, I'm going to give him his flowers. But damn, what a little vagina. Like, just kind of kind of a vagina after that loss to the Bills. I'm not going to lie. And then he wants I to just go- have to say no. that. My my favorite part about all this, though, is he said in a press conference after the game, or it may have been a couple days ago, um, it may have been today, actually, he, he said that the, the Kadarius Tony offsides or false start or whatever it was on that last play, he said that it affected Travis Kelsey's Hall of Fame-like status. That's Holmes no did. There's no way he actually yeah. did that. Yeah, he did. I think you got tricked. No. Okay. Bro, look it up. Look it up, dude. I'm not going to look it up. It just sounds fake. You feel free to look it up, but I'm going to talk about the Chiefs real quick because, look, okay, Patrick Mahomes' reaction was unnecessary. I think that's pretty clear. It was immature. It was warranted. They didn't – Kadarius Tony lined up offsides four times in that game. They called it one time. It happened to be what would have been – you know, uh, uh, an entirely game-changing touchdown that ended up with Kadarius Tony with the ball. That was an insane play. Great work by Travis Kelsey. Great work by Kadarius Tony for just being there. That offsides was no different than any of the other ones. So I'm I'm not surprised by. Mahomes being mad that they called it in that scenario and not the other three. But the way they acted about it, just kind of like totally, it's kind of like, you know, ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun type of thing where the Chiefs were super happy that they called a hold in the Super Bowl that shouldn't have been called. But because it was a high-pressure situation, a game-changing moment, they called it. And then you have James Bradbury being like, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I held him after the game. This is literally that. This is literally Canaries Tony was offsides. But they shouldn't yeah. call it. No. 
you, you can't get it both ways. So uh, <laughs> exactly, I think that's that's how I see it. There, uh, the way I see this game, uh, I want to stop talking about it. So twenty-eight-seven, Chiefs. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go seventeen-seven, Chiefs. I think it'll be a tough, really, really tough game for them. Okay, let's move on to the next yeah. Giants Saints. Weird game. Um, I'm sure something cool could happen. <laughs> that's that's my. Who take. are the Giants um, and the Saints? Yeah, precisely. <laughs> uh, here, uh, one team has a quarterback that's super fun to watch. Uh, you know, a running back that is nationally loved. Um, and the other team's the Saints. Uh, this yeah. sucks. I one team's quarterback game. does this, yeah, and the other one doesn't. That's all you the need. The other to know. one, Giants, can't stay Giants on the by field. thirty. <laughs> the fact yeah. that you can pay, and when he's 17, on the field, you can pay seventeen dollars right now to go watch this game in person in New Orleans. That tells you nice. exactly how this game's going to go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Saints. Maybe no. Giants, 17, Saints, 14. I'm going to go Saints, 17, Giants, 14. All right. You just don't believe in Tommy. No. Whatever. All right. Let's just move on. Have you seen his agent? Yes. Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) They're they're literally just the Sopranos. That's... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's insane. But, yeah. Don't sack Tommy DeVito. (laughs) I don't want to talk about that game anymore. I probably would like to talk about it much more than the next game, but we'll get into the next game. I have some things to say. Falcons, Panthers. This sucks. The over-under set at 33.5. That's insulting, Mm. personally. Um, But I understand it. Both these teams are not in a good position right now. The Falcons, obviously, in a much better position because the Panthers have won one game. Uh, But... The Falcons need this win 100%. They need it because the Panthers could, you know, be a a palate cleanser here um, after such a horrible, horrible outcome against the Buccaneers. But we finished the season, Panthers, Colts, Bears, Saints. Winnable games, once again. All winnable games. And considering how the Bucs finished the schedule, we have to win four games to win this division. That's how I yeah. see it right now. Um, we have to win all four. And obviously we're going to win this one. It's Honestly, this is just like a, you know, don't forget the, the task at hand. You got to win this week uh, if you want to see next week. I don't know. I, I, uh, with you being a Falcons fan, are you not a little bit worried about this game? No. It, it's sneakily important. And I, I feel like it it's important. has I'm potential to be a trap game. And, and I hope <laughs> y'all could be I falling into a trap this here. Gets clipped out of out of its ass if we <laughs> lose. But for now, yeah, I'm I not mean, worried. I'm, I'm not going to predict the yeah. you know Panthers to win. I just think it's it's weirdly possible this week. Yeah, no, I I agree. But weirdly possible. There's zero percent chance. I'm I'm going to think any other way. I'm going to go Falcons twenty four, Panthers ten. Um, I'm going to go Falcons 
Um, Falcons 20, Saints 7. They're not playing the Saints, but all right. Carolina Panthers, sorry. <laughs> all right, let's get into the 4 o'clock slate. Commanders, Rams. This is going to be an offensive fucking shit show, uh, I would assume. Uh, the Commanders are just going to throw the ball downfield a lot. Probably get picked off a couple of times since Sam Howell's bag, uh, considering he has 18 touchdowns and 14 interceptions this year. And the Rams yeah. are going to pass in the first half and then run in the second half because that's what they do. Yeah. I don't that, care about this game. That's pretty at all, accurate. Though. Like this game no, I, doesn't I don't either. seem like it matters um, in the slightest. No, I mean, you know, the God, the Commanders was so fun to talk about at the beginning of the season. Now you look at their last two games, 45 to 10, 45 to 15. Um, to do some math for you, that's uh you scored 25 points and you gave up 90 in two weeks. Yeah. You don't win football games that way. You gave up 31 the week before against the Giants and only put up 19. Um, yeah, you're fucked. Your season's over. Uh, at least we know that you know you can be promising. You know, you're you're Passing offense is amazing when it's on. Yeah. But um, yeah, the commanders have totally jumped off a cliff this season. Uh and probably for good reason, honestly. I, I like the commanders tanking. Um yeah, I hate tanking in general, but I like the commanders tanking. It's a good idea here. Uh look, yeah. the Rams, like Kyron Williams has just they figured something out there. Um and this game is going to be the Kyron Williams show. I got to feel like obviously yeah. the commander's secondary sucks and I'm sure we'll see plenty of Puka, plenty of Cooper cup. Kyron Williams is going to be the guy scoring the touchdowns in this game. Um, so I, I'm going to take the Rams by a pretty big margin. Uh, I'm going to go Rams 30 commanders 14. Yeah. I like that too. I'm going to go 38 to 14. Um, yeah, when Cooper and Puka are both on, that's, I mean, that's like top tier offensive football, yeah. especially with Kyron Williams too running the ball. All Matthew Stafford has to do is not turn the ball over. Yeah, and the Rams probably got this game. And that shouldn't be hard against the Commanders. But let's move on to the next one: Forty Niners Cardinals. Do we uh. have to say anything? The Forty Niners are absolutely ridiculous. Um. Pretty, pretty close to being like undisputed best team in the NFL. I'd say who's better. I think you could talk. You could. There's an argument for the Ravens, and that's it. But Wait, not the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. There's an argument for the Cowboys. I'd say the only problem. I mean, the 49ers did that, beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I was but... about to say that argument is just immediately voided by 42 to 10. Um. But that was also week five. Like, what is amazing for the 49ers is that this season they've gone on just two separate five win streaks, and that's put them at 10 wins. They they lose those three games in a row where it just seemed like nothing could go their way. And yeah. all of a sudden, just the Jags was just a bounce back. They needed the bye week after the Bengals. They come out and they just beat the shit out of the Jags, and I think that's just propelled them forward. But they've got the Cardinals this week. I don't think they're all that worried. I think that's safe to say. They could catch themselves in a closer game than they'd like, 
because they might be pulling a little, let's look ahead, you're playing the Ravens Monday Night Football on Christmas Day. Woo! That's going to be a tough one, and I think that that's how the 49ers could slip up this week against the Cardinals is just kind of accidentally overlooking them. Yeah, no, I mean, and, you know, you never can overlook your division rivals, but when you have McCaffrey, who doesn't even need 20 carries to get, like, 120 yards, he can do it in under. Brock Purdy never turns the ball over, completes most of his passes, and can throw for, like, 350 yards. And then Debo Samuel with 2023 Brandon Ayuk is just unfair. Yep. I haven't even mentioned George Kittle. I haven't even mentioned what McCaffrey can do in the pass game either. It's unfair, and I think the NFL should divide these players up and spread them among the league. And I mean, just give a couple to the Steelers would be cool. Nah, um, nah. I honestly, it, Kyler Murray just has to try not to get hurt this game. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really yeah, that's really it for the Cardinals. I I could totally, as grim as it sounds, this sounds to me like the perfect game for Kyler to get hurt again. I you know, having to run around, pocket shredded. Yep. Um, a guy is a lot bigger than him trying to make a tackle on him. So, yeah, I'm going to go 49ers. Um, I'm, I'm going to give the Cardinals some points, though. I'm going to go Cardinals are going to score 17, but the Niners are going to score 28. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Uh, I'm going to go 49ers 31, Cardinals 14. And I'm also just going to throw in there that Kyler Murray is going to throw two picks because he's going to do his little run in circles, throw it with my eyes closed over the middle of the field. And with those linebackers and safeties, that's not going to fly. Yeah. D hop got to be over there somewhere. Oh, wait, he doesn't play for us anymore. Nope. You have uh, Hollywood nope. Brown and Greg Dorch. Trey and McBride probably Marvin Harrison. is awesome. <laughs> Trey McBride. Trey awesome. McBride is amazing. Yeah. But that's all there is to talk yeah. about about the Cardinals. So let's move on. Cowboys, Bills. This game is going to be awesome. Ooh, I think man. it's going to be fucking cold as shit in Buffalo. Yep. But you have the Cowboys who are third in total touchdowns. The Bills who are sixth in total touchdowns this season. You have the Cowboys number four, the Bills number five in yards per game. This is going to be an offense one. The big decider is the fact that the Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the NFL, especially when you take out the outlier of giving up 42 points to the 49ers and you look at the the points they're giving up this season. It's, like, remarkable how well that defense is actually played. Like, holding multiple opponents to 10 or less, you hold, what, they've got three. They've got five games where they've held their opponents to 10 or less points. That is oh. phenomenal. So, yeah, I think that's the big deciding factor because, like, these offenses work pretty well. They work kind of similarly where, like, Dak, Josh Allen, they're going to dominate in the passing game. Obviously, Josh Allen runs the ball himself quite a bit, but they both have a solid running back who does a good job, some good backup running backs that do a good job. But what it all comes down to is the play of their quarterback and wide receiver one. And C.D. Lamb has been playing insane, absolutely out of his mind. Stephon Diggs doesn't seem to be on the same level as C.D. Lamb this year. No, not at all. 
And, you know, I, I like what you brought up about the Dallas defense kind of being the separating factor because, I mean, we know what Buffalo's offense is capable of. They've, you know, put up 32 against the Jets and I think 34 against Philly and then 20 against Kansas City. So, you know, th- they have three weeks in a row where they played really, really well. They they put up a lot against Philly, but I, I honestly kind of think the Dallas defense is a little bit different than Philly. I would give yeah. Dallas the defensive edge over Philadelphia. And, you know, we've seen games where Buffalo's offense has been shut down before. And I kind of think that's what's going to happen in this game. It's going to be high scoring. They're just not going to be able to keep up with the Cowboys. I'm going to go 31-20 Cowboys. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, you know, considering both of these teams are playing for really big spots right now, like the Bills are currently out of the playoff picture, but, you know, you you pick up some wins here at the end of the season, all of a sudden you find yourself in a playoff spot. Um, because you've got the Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. You can for sure win two of those, Chargers and Patriots. Uh, well, I guess they did lose to the Patriots earlier this year, but they, somehow the Patriots have gotten worse, <laughs> which is hard to yeah. believe because nobody <laughs> believed in them to win that game in the first place. They win it. They still suck afterwards, but probably going to beat the Chargers. Um, then it comes down to if you get a win this week, because if you can win this week and you can win the next two weeks, you're at 10 wins. You feel pretty comfortable. Obviously you'll want an, another win over the dolphins there at the end, but Buffalo has a huge chance. The Cowboys are going to be on edge for the rest of the season. They have to fend off the Eagles for the rest of the season, no matter what, no matter who they're playing. It just comes down to winning football games for the rest of the year the Cowboys have done a great job of it. I think the conditions are going to be in play. I think the Bills upset, which they're technically wow. not upsetting because they're a two-point favorite in this game. But I th- what? that's uh, that's home field advantage for you, um, considering Cowboys have played the last three weeks in a dome in Texas. They're going to be playing outdoors in Buffalo at 36 degrees at uh, game time. Sun's going to go down during that game. It's not going to be fun to play Oof. that fourth quarter. Um, yeah, I think the Bills are going to win. Uh, I'm going to take them, take them Bills 28, Cowboys 27. Wow. And, and I had 31-20, Cowboys. Okay. Well, let's get into Sunday night football. Another great Ooh, matchup. a doozy. Another great matchup, especially when you look at the stats. The Jags, the ninth-best passing offense, while the Ravens are the fourth-best passing defense. The Ravens are by far the best rushing offense, and the Jags are the fourth-best rushing defense. This is straight-up unstoppable force meets, you know, an immovable object. This is going to be... A fantastic game. It's in Jacksonville, but I don't think the home field advantage plays quite as big of a role um, when it comes down to that, especially playing in Florida. It's going to be a, a cool 62 degrees uh, game time. Oh, perfect. That's beautiful weather. And also, Lamar Jackson from Florida. That plays. Lamar Jackson's going to go off in this game for sure, and um, the Jags just won't be able to keep up. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I think this game is 
very similar to the game that Baltimore just played. I, I feel like L.A. and Jacksonville are very similar teams. Very, very similar teams, especially offensively. Um, I could see another high-scoring affair, but my only problem is, is, you know, Matthew Stafford gave him a good game and didn't turn the ball over. I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence, with what we saw last week, he's going to throw maybe one or two picks in this game to Baltimore, especially with how good that passing defense is. I really, really like Baltimore over Jacksonville in this game. Um, but I think it's going to be close, like I said. I'm going to go 28-21 Baltimore. Okay, I'm going to go 28-24 Baltimore. All right, we're very close there. Yeah, and then uh, it all comes down to Monday Night Football on December 18th. Eagles, Seahawks. The Eagles have to win, and I think they have the ability to just, you know, at this point, go in to a game knowing you can win and come out as the winner. And considering their last four games are the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants, they need to show that ability because the Giants aren't going to be easy. The Cardinals, maybe, um, but you, you never really know. I, I think like they actually have to win this game if they want to win the division. Is how I Seattle think. or Philadelphia? Philly. Seattle's not winning this division. Yeah, uh, uh, that's a good point. Um, no, that's a great point. Yeah, like I, just, I mean, they they don't have to worry about the other two teams, but yeah. th- their problem is is that whoever makes the wild card in the NFC Beast is already a double digit winning team. Yeah, but but what? <laughs> so the thing is, is that both teams have to win because. You want to play the winner of the NFC South in the first round if you got to play in the wild card. Uh, <laughs> that is true. I can true. guarantee you that. That is true. They they want to play the winner of the NFC South. So you got to win this game. The Seahawks just something's off. I know last week Geno was hurt. Drew Locke played. They actually played the 49ers pretty well. I just they did. I don't trust this team to show any shred of consistency. No. No, not at all. Yeah. And like you I had, mean, they they've had games where they've been able to put up like thirty effortlessly. Yeah. And then they've had games where Gino just can't do anything. No. Very, very hard to predict. Like they if you go and look, like they'll win a game like pretty well, and then they will get stomped the next time out. Like they won against the Giants 24 to 3 and then they lose a close one to the Bengals. They win a big one uh versus the Browns 24-20 right after the Browns are, you know, coming off of the win against the 49ers and then they come out and lose to the Ravens 37 to 3. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they just simply cannot put up points one week and then do it again the next week. I don't know what the problem is, yeah. but they've also lost four straight. All things considered, it was against the Rams, the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. Yeah. Kind of makes sense, uh, you know, outside of maybe the Rams, <laughs> but that was a close one as well. I just don't see the Seahawks having much of a chance here to stay competitive long enough in this game. Um uh, so I'm going to take the Eagles 27-20. Yeah, I like you still predicting it a close game. I, I think this one's going to be very similar to whenever they played the Cowboys. I'm going to go um, – do they have Geno this game? I don't know. 
uh, as soon as we're done talking about this game, I have breaking news. Um, okay. Uh, hang on, I want to find out about Gino. Feels really good. An hour ago, ESPN reported. So, right. um, he was limited practice today. So I'm assuming you know their starting quarterback's going to play while their team is six and seven. You know they still yeah. might have a chance to make the wild card. Um, with Gino playing, I'm going to go 34-28, high scoring game. Okay. I don't like Seattle at all, but I'm just following you know the blueprint that they've set for us to follow, which is you know score a lot, lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you just said earlier, basically. Okay, <laughs> that's what the Seahawks are going to do. <clears throat> I'm going to go uh, Eagles twenty-eight, Seahawks twenty. Oh wait, I already said my score. You're changing your score. I just totally changed. You it. just gave them one no. more point. <laughs> I'm flipping it back. Twenty-seven twenty. Okay. Back back to what I nice. said. Twenty-seven twenty. Uh, mainly because I need Jake Elliott to kick some field goals this week. Um. Uh, all right. Uh, breaking news alert right now on my phone. The Rays sending Tyler Glasnow and Manuel Margot to the Dodgers. Ah, fuck. Oh, man. I hope he sucks. I do. As much as I love Tyler Glasnow. No, Tyler. We like Tyler Glasnow on the I, podcast, Grayson. I know. I know. I know. Damn it, man. <laughs> God. Yeah, and all they got in return: Ryan Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. Oh my God! What the fuck just? All right, happened? so Tampa doesn't care about winning in twenty twenty four. I think they just don't care about paying for medical bills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tyler Glasnow is giving them a lot. Yeah. Jesus. Oh man. Oh, God, that's such a good trade for LA, I though. I know. It's oh so my God. Weird. Maybe they're not going to get Yamamoto now. Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it really is the two New York teams for Yamamoto now, huh? Yeah, maybe. That's what it's looking like. Or the Dodgers just going to get him too. Yeah. Who knows? Damn. Well, I guess that's a great segue. Um. We just wrapped up. Yeah. Thursday night football hasn't started yet. It starts in a couple minutes, so we'll give you guys updates when we can. Um, I'm not yep. really too worried about previewing uh, Chargers Raiders uh, five and eight versus five and eight. Um, so backup quarterbacks. Yeah, we're simply not talking about that game. Oh wait, wait, fantasy lineup. Oh, oh my god. Oh, I don't. I have Herbo players from either team. Better fucking move, boy. The game starts at eight fifteen. I'm trying. Hope you got a quarter. All I have to do is put him on the bench, and I'm fine. Uh, I don't right now. Uh, but Herbo is off my bench now, so I can breathe. Wow, that was close. That would have been really bad. I'm on a two-game losing streak too. I need all that I can get. What quarterbacks are out there? I, I, we're gonna have a fantasy football discussion real quick. Um, dude, should I honestly pick up Jake Browning? Out of all these guys in our league, do I need dude. Jake Browning or Russ? Well, Levis. I don't know. You know what? I'd get. You know what? I'm just saying. We're doing. I'm not getting Russ either. What? I'm getting. I'm getting someone who's better than all of those guys. Tommy DeVito. Nope, better than him. Nobody's better than him. Ask Twitter, bro. Every. 
I'm going Flacco, dog. Oh, against Chicago. Oh, oh, damn! Even though they just shut down the Lions. Yeah. All right. We'll see how that goes. I'm going Flacco, man. Interesting. All right. Well, you're gonna have to live and die by that one. It's it's all recorded. <laughs> so. It is recorded. Yeah, you can't lie now. Flacco's your huh. guy. Flacco's my guy. Huge Joe Flacco fan. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? He's still in your division. He is still in my division. It's just, it's cool to see, to see one, yeah, a guy no, that fair. I used to watch all the time play. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Baseball. Top five. Baseball time. Uh, Yeah. Top five shortstops. Um, let's just go ahead and get into it. You got to play 81 games at shortstop. We'll go ahead and say that. Um, but I think this one, I think there was a clear one in my mind and there was a clear two. There's about seven guys eligible, uh, for three, four and five. Yeah. There is so much that you could choose from there. Um, so we'll start at five. Um and see how this goes. Uh, who's going first? Uh, I'll do it. Okay. Number five is where I took Bo Bichette. Um, he was the only shortstop besides Seager that hit over three hundred batting average. Um, and I also wanted to highlight that he was kind of a defensive liability in two thousand twenty two, and he became a plus defender in two thousand twenty three. And I really like that growth. Um, and he was a big deal for his team, you know, in the Blue Jays. He was definitely one of their best players this season, aside from Vladdy. Uh, so I went Bo Bichette, number okay. five. I went Dansby Swanson, number five. Um, easily the worst hitter uh, on my top five this season. His numbers just dramatically decrease his first year in, in Chicago. But the glove was phenomenal. Literally was not a better defensive shortstop, but I'm always going to have a, a – quite a bit more value for the offense. He just simply did not do enough on offense. The fact that in this new stolen base kind of boosted era that we're in now, the fact that Dansby Swanson only stole nine bases is insane. He should be getting on base more than 328. He should be, honestly, his batting average should be way higher than 244. But he has a good glove. That puts him in at five for me. Yeah, I Dansby almost made my list, but it was between him or Bo for me. Fair enough. All right, um, who's a four? Number four, I have J.P. Crawford. Career best this season in hard hit rate, barrel rate, and average exit velo. He was also an amazing defender all year long. 5.1 war. He was absolutely solid. He made my number four. That is a fantastic, fantastic pick. Um, JP unfortunately didn't make my list, but, um, I had him at six. I had Dansby just over him. Um, so I got Bo at four. Um, you bat over 300, you're going to get some respect from me. Um, and though his defense isn't fantastic, like you said, he showed some growth. Um, and considering how good he was for the first couple months of the season, the fact he was able to actually sustain that form throughout this season was phenomenal. You know, obviously there was a little bit of a drop off, but um, you know, you're striking out under 20%. He's got to walk more. That's the 
my biggest gripe with Bo Bichette's offense this season, he's got to walk more. 4.5% walk percentage is simply not okay. Yeah. When you're kind of – you're not a power hitter. You only hit 20 home runs. And you just simply have to show better plate discipline. Um, because, like, it's acceptable for, like, Dansby. Dansby struck out 24% of the time, but he walked 10% of the time. So he essentially made up for all of it with that. You can't strike out almost 20% of the time and only walk – not even 5% of the time. That's simply not going to be good enough. But he still had a great year, and uh, I'm, I'm certainly not going to you know, bring him down a rung for that. So he came in at four, but it was close, very close. Okay, yeah. Um, number three, I went with Francisco Lindor at my number three. First Silver Slugger since 2018. He had it this year. Uh, he also joined the 30-30 club for the first time in his career and finished with a six-point war. And, Grace, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is he the best Met shortstop of all time? <laughs> uh, maybe. He's better than a Med Rosario. He's better than a Danny Echeverria. He's better than Javier Baez, of course, but he kind of played second base there. I can't even think of any other Mets shortstops. I'm going to be honest. I'm sure there's somebody that was better than Lindor. If I had to guess. Let's see, Mets famous shortstops. Do we want to... Uh, is he better than Jose Reyes? Jose Reyes oh, was pretty good. Prime Jose Reyes? Definitely not better than him at the moment. Obviously, Lindor yeah. had years with the you know then Indians, um, where he was better than Prime Jose Reyes. Right now, no. Yeah, yeah. They're um, the four that they're saying here uh, on MLB is uh, Ray uh, Ray Ardonez. Oh yeah, that also makes sense. He was good. Uh, Bud Harrelson. Is on this list as well, and Ahmed Ahmed Rosario, who you said. Fair enough. All right, well, let's... Yeah, I don't know. Jose Reyes was crazy. Yeah, he was sick. (laughs) Um, Are you done, or... Yeah, yeah. Cool. Francisco Lindor, my number three. All right, so with the way your list is going, you have left off one of two people, um, and it's going to upset me. So, my number three is Gunnar Henderson. He actually works for both shortstop and third base, um, which is amazing because he might just make the third baseman's list. I don't know yet. Haven't put it together. But Gunnar Henderson was actually fantastic, especially considering he was a rookie. He batted two fifty five. That's better than Dansby. He was on base three twenty five. That's better than Bobby Witt Jr., who I would assume we're both going to talk about. I am. Uh I know that was kind of a spoiler, but he had one of the best slugging percentages, better than Dansby and Bo Bichette, and he was a rookie, and he had a 4.6 war at shortstop. That's amazing for Gunnar Henderson. He had one hell of a year. He scored 100 runs, which is an underrated thing about him because it just kind of shows he's getting on base, 
but it's in good situations. He's smart on the base paths. He had a 5.2 base running rating by fans or uh, fan graphs. That's one of the uh, it's the second best among the five shortstops I have on my list, and he genuinely just had one hell of a season. Obviously, he won Rookie of the Year because of it, so he comes in at number three for me. All right, I like that. Um, number two, I took Bobby Witt Jr. Same. Guy was crazy this year, dude. Yep. I mean, walk rate from 4.7 to 5.8 from 2022 to 2023. 30 home runs, um, 96 RBIs. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, 49 steals as well. I mean, he was absolutely ridiculous on a very shitty Royals team, and I yep. feel like that's kind of why he got overshadowed a lot, but he was absolutely fantastic. Um, he had below average defensive metrics in 2022, but he managed to, you know, pretty much improve on them, uh, quite well, still not the best defender, but took a significant step forward in 2023. So yeah, he was fantastic. And I wish he played on a different team. <laughs> yeah. I, I think his defense actually wasn't that bad. Um, I think he played a pretty good shortstop, um, which obviously is where he played the most of his games. He played a couple of games at third, um, and he can play third base, but shortstop's where it's at for him. But 30, 40, almost 30, 50 is insane for him. Second year in the MLB. Yeah. And you're doing that. Like, that is phenomenal. That's kind of like how Ronald Acuna was a homer shy of 40, 40, his second season in the MLB. Um, like, that's that's the kind of stuff you want to see out of a rising young talent. And he is certainly that and showed it this year. Um, love to see the walk rate go up a little bit more. 5.8% just isn't quite great. Uh, but keeping the K percentage down is nice and um, just playing good baseball. And maybe the Royals are trying to win some games. They've picked up Seth Lugo and Will Smith. Will Smith, known winner. So Yeah, where, where Will Smith goes, he wins. Yeah. Well, it's now obvious who number one is uh, for both of us. Possibly a, yeah. a World Series champion, World Series MVP. Yeah. Probably and, your AL MVP runner-up, maybe. Yeah, probably that, too. Uh, yeah, it's Corey Seager. The guy's insane. And he played the least games out of this whole list of guys. He had the most home runs. Uh, he was tied for the most RBIs amongst the players on my list. He had one of the highest walk percentages the lowest strikeout percentage. Like, this guy is actually ridiculous. And, forgot to add this in, he batted 327. And I know he didn't play quite as many games as the other guys, but he also was on base 390. Slugging 623. Ooh. That is ridiculous. A slugging percentage yeah. of 623. Especially, From a shortstop, too. Yeah, being a shortstop. Then again, his defense sucks. Um, and he's even worse as a base runner, but he doesn't need to steal bases. It doesn't matter what his base running's like because the guy is just extra base hit machine. Yeah. And to add what you said, or to what you said, 6.9 war, fantastic. Um, still played 119 games despite, you know, dealing with those small injuries all season long. So, you know, he may have played the least amount of games out of anybody on our list, but he was still like, I would consider him a super durable player. Um, yeah. yeah, he was absolutely fantastic this year. He was by far the best shortstop in the league. Wasn't even close. Yep. I definitely agree. Well, that's a list. That is a top five. Um, 
Nobody's oh, allowed. Wait, wait, wait. A surprise number one. It's Anthony Volpe. Oh, what? 1A and 1B. Anthony Volpe and Corey Seager. Uh, <laughs> honorable mention. Yeah. Orlando Arcia uh, for like the first couple months of the season. Honestly, yeah. Honorable mention. That was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, he might not have even played enough games. Uh, I don't even know. Um, any other honorable mentions? We'll give we'll give Volpe an honorable mention. We can give anybody an honorable mention. Yeah. Um. Derek Jeter. Yep. Uh, give Mookie him an honorable Betts. mention. <laughs> Mookie Betts. I think he played nine games <laughs> yeah. at shortstop. <laughs> yeah. He can get an honorable um, mention. Yeah, and then I guess really the only last thing I'd have to say is the only reason that Gunnar Henderson probably didn't make my list is because I considered him a third base. Gotcha. Third baseman. I know he can play shortstop. I just yeah. honestly had no clue he did it this season. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm being completely honest. So maybe it's a flaw in my system, but I did games played at shortstop and not games started at shortstop. Um, I think he played 86 games at third and 83 games at shortstop. <laughs> Which doesn't wow. add up, uh, but he was moving around uh, with defensive substitutions. So. Yeah, just going a couple feet over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and doing a great job. So, shout yep. out Gunnar Henderson. Um, mm. All right, it's so time to talk some soccer. Hey, let's do it. I... Some soccer. Yeah, talk like you're from fucking Minnesota. <laughs> all right, Ooh. let's do it then. Premier League weekend. Some good matchups, a whole lot of bad ones as per usual. Uh, so we'll start off with a bad one. Newcastle versus Fulham. Uh Technically, top half of the table matchup. Number 10 versus number 7. Uh, maybe some bias in why this game's on the prep sheet. Uh, look, I want to talk about Newcastle. We've lost three straight games in all competitions. I don't know what to say. <laughs> we just, like, I don't know what the fuck this, like, the deal is right now. Like, that fucking loss to Tottenham was gut-wrenching and then losing to Milan when literally the scenario lined up perfectly for us if we would have won by like one or two goals we would have made the knockout stages and instead we go home with nothing we get fucking knocked out we're fourth place because of fucking Christian Pulisic scoring a goal like why why did he have to do anything why did why did Milan have to do anything at all? Because they were going to have to score fucking like five goals or win by five goals just to make the knockout stages. Instead, they're going to go to the Europa League. They're probably going to fucking win the Europa League, which is going to piss me off even more because it could have been us. Instead, we're, uh, yeah, look, we're just, uh, we're sent back to England with one goal in mind, which is now finishing top four and going back to the Champions League next year. Hopefully, Eddie Howe and just the fact that that all happened can light a fire under these guys' asses. But right now, we are playing the worst we've played in probably over a calendar year. Yeah. Three straight losses. One of them, a 3-0 loss to Everton. The next one, a 4-1 loss to New or to Tottenham. And now, a 2-1 loss to Milan. This is easily the worst they've played in a while. And... I think part of that, obviously, injuries. We have been missing players for the last couple of weeks, and it is 
killing us. Like just in the AC Milan game, we have um, Botman still out. Obviously, Nick Pope's gone uh, for most of the rest of the year. Willock's still out. Jacob Murphy's still out. Harvey Barnes still out. Like, and the list goes on. You know, I'm glad to see at least something closer to our normal lineup rollout, but still, like, why is Alexander Isaac not starting over Callum Wilson in this lineup right now? I still don't fully understand what's going on with Bruno Gimaraish because he's just simply not playing great. Like, he always plays great. Right now he's playing okay, and for him, that's not good enough. Like, Lewis Miley's playing well, and Joellington is playing great right now. He's been the only guy that showed a shred of life since Nick Pope got hurt. And, yeah, I, I just I simply don't get it. Like the defense is just not playing well enough right now, and I think Gimaraish is struggling alongside them. Yeah, um, and on the Fulham side, they just beat West Ham five nil. Yeah, <laughs> that, that West Ham team that you know you and I like a lot just dismantled them. Uh, Paqueta was actually moved back to Cam. I think we talked about last week where he played on the wing. Um. West Ham lined up weird. I, I haven't seen them line up like this all season long whenever they played um, Fulham, but Fulham just completely took advantage. I mean, yeah. beat them through and through. Um, yeah. There was not a single part of the game that Fulham lost. And they're they're catching Newcastle at the perfect time. Um, will it be enough to get them over the hump uh, that is Newcastle? Because Newcastle still are a force to be reckoned with, at least I believe. I, I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of leaning towards, yeah. I think Fulham's going to come away with this one. Um, I don't know how Newcastle are going to get it back on track, and I don't know when they'll get it back on track. So I'm going to take Fulham 1-0. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. More baseball breaking news just dropped. Jack Flaherty to the Tigers. One year, $14 million. Well, see you later, Jack Flaherty. Yep. Forever. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing else to say about that. Um, good luck yeah. in Detroit, Jack. Uh, yeah, look, Fulham, not only did they beat West Ham 5-0 last week, the week before that, they beat Nottingham Forest 5-0, which is wild. <laughs> so, yeah, 10-0 yeah, goal differential in their last two games brought them all the way back to a zero goal differential in the Prem. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah, they covered some ground there. And honestly, like, the fact that this team has lost seven games – and finds himself in a position of like actually moving up the table um is frightening but also shows me that like this team is just simply in you know strong form at the moment but they can be stopped and they have been stopped multiple times honestly more times than they've won Newcastle is just in such a weird spot right now it's so hard to choose um i just Look, I trust the fact that we can score goals. That's that's one thing I'm confident in. Um, and I think we have at least enough to slow down Fulham. Uh, I'm going to say we take it 2-1. All right. That's not the most confident 2-1, but it's 2-1 nonetheless. Uh, the next game, though, uh, one of the best of the weekend, probably the best of the weekend, Arsenal versus Brighton. 
Brighton has kind of fallen down the table a little bit. They find themselves in eighth place coming off of a draw with Burnley, which is certainly not a good look. But this team can play so well when they need to. But Arsenal kind of does the same. Despite the loss to Aston Villa, who's easily the hottest team in the Prem right now, Arsenal has been playing great up until that point. Um, you know, the close win over Luton Town was interesting, uh, but showed some good stuff out of them. This game is going to go a little bit different, though. I think Brighton might have themselves a chance to just beat the shit out of Arsenal. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, we are kind of seeing an Arsenal team that's wavering, but we haven't seen, to me, that Brighton team that could beat the shit out of Arsenal. Like, maybe... Maybe first couple weeks I would have told you, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if they can do it at this stage, um, you know, because they have been kind of average. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Brighton's just gonna have to score a lot if they want to win this game. I think they're gonna need two plus goals. I think if they're gonna want to win, yeah, I agree. I'm gonna take Arsenal two one. Okay, I'm gonna take Brighton one nil. Okay. Yeah, I don't really know why. Uh, if you asked me, I couldn't explain <laughs> it. I just like Brighton in the matchup. Nothing else. Yeah, I kind of just fair. want. I just want. I want there to be at least a day where Aston Villa is number one in this table. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Uh, I don't know if you if City keeps slipping, you might have it. I know. Uh, you I might know. have it. Fucking Man City's got one win in their last five. Uh, Erling Holland's just so mid. It's really what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. <laughs> For sure. But oh, uh, wow. speaking of mid, Manchester United plays this weekend. Uh, and <laughs> they take on Liverpool <laughs> at Anfield. Um, yeah, look, Liverpool should clobber Manchester United. Yeah, Liverpool in their last game versus Crystal Palace. They beat them 2-1 with a red card. Um how about their center back that Liverpool played? I'm trying to figure out if he got subbed on. Yeah. Um, Kwanzaa? What? Gerald Kwanzaa came on for a Ibrahim Konyate uh, in this game. What game? Never even heard of him before. Their last Prem game that they just played. Oh, against Crystal Palace. Yeah. Yeah, Kwanzaa. Nice. Never heard of him. Yeah, I, I've never heard of him either. But, yeah, shout out this guy for probably his first prim game. Um, look, I like this Liverpool team. Um, they are, you know, after signing Gravenberg and adding Indo into the team, I know we, we like to shit on Indo a lot whenever he first got signed. Like, pretty much every time he touched the field, Grayson and I were his biggest haters, definitely. But, he, you know, I, I feel like he's kind of settled in with this yeah. Liverpool team. He's definitely better than what he first started. And now, you know, you have a Liverpool team that's incredibly well-rounded. Definitely not the best team in the Premier League, I would say, even on paper. But they, you know, when Nunez is on, he's on. Mo Salah is one of the best players in Prem history. Luis Diaz is incredibly dangerous. And their midfield is so versatile with Indo, Gravenberg, and Sobelsly. And their defense, you know, it speaks for itself. Allison, he can speak for himself, too. Don't see a world where Liverpool cannot beat Manchester United. I'm going to go Liverpool 2-0. Yeah, look, Manchester United, uh, once again, very telling 
Scott McTominay, leading goal scorer for this team. That's a fucking issue. And another issue is that they just lost to Bayern in the Champions League. They came last in their group. But also they lost 3-0 to Bournemouth last week. Um, What happened? Couldn't tell you. Um, They just simply can't score goals. They can't. And Liverpool is number two in the league in goals scored per match. I have to go with Liverpool here. Um, And I'm going to take Liverpool 3-1. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, something else I wanted to point out about this Bournemouth game, it's really bad when you're having to start Anthony Martial again. Yep. Over Rasmus Hoyland. Yep. Which, I mean, Hoyland, granted, came on for Marshall in the 56th minute, but still, it's just, um, it's not going well for them. You know, even, yeah. and I feel like Marcus Rashford, not to say that players deserve hate, but Marcus Rashford honestly deserves a lot of criticism. For how he played last year, I mean, that he needs to be your guy to step up in this Manchester United team out of anybody. Yep. And he just hasn't, I, I mean, been non-existent all year Bruno. long. You got to blame Bruno Fernandes being the worst oh, captain. Oh, for sure in the Premier League, and simply yeah. just not playing up to the expectations ever. He never no. does. No. Like, I, I don't understand how he has become so highly regarded over the last couple of years. Like, I know he's gotten the assists, and he, he's a, a clinical penalty taker, but how often are those you know instances even arising for him? Yeah. That's, that's my issue. I know. So, yeah, look, Bruno Fernandes has been, in my opinion, one of the worst players on this team since Ronaldo left. Um, and I think he's the one that certainly deserves the most criticism. I know Rashford certainly hasn't stepped up, um, but I expect that out of a captain, not just the best player. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo versus Bruno Fernandes. Who would you rather have in this United team in 2023? Uh, I'd obviously rather have Ronaldo because there's at least a, a shred of contribution coming from him. <laughs> yeah, Ronaldo actually, uh, th- th- this is actually very cool. There is a Messi versus Ronaldo uh, tracker website. And in 2023, Ronaldo has 50 goals. Messi has 28. Ronaldo <laughs> okay. even has more assists than Messi does. No, stop. Messi didn't play soccer for six, like for like five months. And what was he doing? Using his summer. And now their season's over. Their season's been over. Messi barely. He barely even plays, dog. Even whenever he, even whenever their season was on, he was just skipping games. Ronaldo plays in a fucking elementary school league. Who has they have signed so many players though? To four Granted, teams. his team four teams is doing more of the signing. Listen, all I'm saying is that like 2023 Ronaldo is so much better than Messi. It's not even close. Bro, I'm about to pull up the teams that he's playing against because four teams have money in the Saudi league. Yeah, I mean, listen, Messi's the goat, but 2023 Ronaldo way better than 2023 Messi. Yes. If you count numbers correct, you're right. But also, Ronaldo has spent all of 2023 in Saudi Arabia, whereas Messi was playing for PSG, then took time off, and then the MLS season ended. 
Yeah, he's just not a workhorse, I guess. Okay. Well, he's never been a workhorse. He just kind of stands on the pitch and waits for the ball to get to him. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah that's that's I Premier need, League. I need to just read off the lineup of a team that Ronaldo scored against recently. <laughs> okay, let's let's hear it. All right, let's see. Oh, this wow, it's crazy. The top four teams in the table are all owned by the PIF. Wow. Um. All right, they won two five over. Ah, here we go. Al Shabab. I know two players on this team. Then it's Yannick Ferrer Carrasco. And Roman Sice. That's it. I'm telling you right now, Burnley would beat 16 of the teams in the Saudi League. And Burnley could probably go to the MLS and beat every single one of those yeah. teams too. Well, that's fair. <laughs> um, I'm not talking shit on the MLS. I'm simply just talking shit on the Saudi League. Only because I'm so aware of how bad the MLS is. Um. <laughs> all right, here we go. Here's a team I've never heard of a single fucking player on this team. It's FC Istiklal. I, I don't know anything about them. Um, they drew with Al Nassar. Oh, Ronaldo didn't play. All right, Asterix. Never mind. Asterix. Oh, not Asterix. a workhorse. He didn't play. Okay, enough of that discussion. <laughs> um. Shall we? Okay, well, first, let's talk about the other matches this weekend. So, Friday, Nottingham Forest, Spurs, and you got Saturday, Bournemouth, Luton, nobody cares. Uh, Chelsea, Sheffield United, <laughs> Man City, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Fulham, Burnley, Everton. And you go to Sunday, Arsenal, Brighton, Brentford, uh, Aston Villa, West Ham, Wolves, Liverpool, Man United. And then we flip over to the next week, uh, the last week before Christmas. Um, Yay, Christmas. Oh, or I guess, yeah, yeah, next week's the last week before Christmas. Uh, All right, let's get into the Champions League then. Um, Yeah, let's do it. So this was the final week of qualifying for the knockout stage. Some teams went great. Uh, For my team, it didn't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But uh, we did have some good results. So uh, Man City. 3-2 3-2 in, uh, in Belgrade. It was an interesting one. Quite quite the uh, home field advantage. Didn't really pan out, but um, yeah. the fact they even scored two goals on Man City is amazing. Uh, and then you had Atletico Madrid 2-0 over Lazio. That was a big one for qualification. Uh, yeah. Celtic beat Feyenoord to uh, get over one point. Uh, yeah. Dortmund and PSG Dobenhagen. drew. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle obviously lost to Milan. Um, Antwerp beat Barcelona. That was a big one as well. And Porto 5-3 against Shakhtar Donetsk, which is a wild result. Uh, what a well. game. But on Tuesday, uh, you had Lens beating Sevilla, making Sevilla come in fourth place. No Europe for Sevilla this year. And no Europa League win, that's for sure. And then uh, PSV and Arsenal actually drew, which is wild. Um, and then you had Bayern beating Man U, 
Copenhagen beat Calatasaray, so Copenhagen qualified for the knockout stages. And then Napoli beat Braga to uh, further their lead in their group. Or not lead, I guess, clinched the second spot because uh, obviously Real Madrid won uh, against Union Berlin. And then uh, Inter and Real Sociedad actually drew. Um, So uh, I'll have to look at how that group panned out. But um, Benfica beat Salzburg. And that's all your results there. Um, Yeah, it's just, uh, it's over. Uh, And now we have to start talking about groups, qualification, seeding, all that shit. So um, your one seeds or, you know, whatever. How, however they want to <laughs> listen to it. these Americans try Look, to talk no, about Champions I'm, League. <laughs> I'm literally talking about it based off of what the Champions League's website says, which is that the teams that won their groups are seated. The runner-ups are unseated. Okay. So your seated teams, Bayern, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Real Sociedad, Atletico Madrid, Dortmund, Man City, and Barcelona. Those are your seeded teams. Hmm. One team just doesn't sound right in there. Yeah. Yeah, it might be Man City. <laughs> but it I was thinking Real Sociedad. Yeah, no, it's definitely Real Sociedad. But they're just playing great yeah. right now. They're playing um, phenomenal, yeah. yeah. They're not in the top four, though, in uh, in La Liga, because Girona is uh, number one right now in La Liga. <laughs> Yeah, that's Somebody, ridiculous. Someone just stopped that. Isn't it? Um, <laughs> so, your unseeded teams, your second place uh, in the groups are Copenhagen, PSV, Napoli, Inter, Lazio, PSG, Leipzig, and Porto. So, the way it works, these teams, uh, so you can't face um, or you can't draw a team that you already played in the group stage. So, that knocks out whatever. Uh, but you also cannot play a team from the same nation as you. So, okay. What matchups from the qualified teams are you most looking forward to possibly happening? Obviously, you know, mm. we won't see a matchup of, um, let me find an example. Um, I, oh, Jesus. Um, like Bayern Dortmund, we wouldn't see. Correct. Bayern Copenhagen, also we wouldn't see. Help. Yes. Bayern Copenhagen, we won't see, uh, obviously. But, uh, dude, did no fucking, did none of these line up? Okay. We won't see Bayern or Dortmund versus Leipzig. There we go. That's an actual yeah. example that could have been drawn. It's not going to be. Uh, but the draw is on the 18th, and the round of 16 actually doesn't start till February. No uh, way. Yeah. So we've got quite a long break. Um wow. Until the round of 16 starts. But uh it's going to be fun. Uh any matchups that you want to see? I got some in mind. Um give me give me like I don't know C- City Bayern City Real well, Madrid. Well, the number one can't, can't match up, so it'd have to be a number, number one versus a number two. Uh, okay, in all those matchups. How about fucking? Dang, there's a. <laughs> there are three Italian teams that finish second. Yeah, I know. Lazio, Inter, and Napoli all finish second. Um, that makes things a little bit tough. How about? 
I, I feel like Bayern Napoli could stack up well. They're both like pretty that. high octane, um, you know, work rate teams. I yeah. feel like that'd be a good game. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna see Man City versus PSG because I want Man City to knock them out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully, I guess. Um, I'd also like to see um, Dortmund versus uh, Inter. I think that would be a good matchup as well. Dortmund Inter, yeah. Um, and then Real what about Madrid? Leipzig Barcelona. I don't hate that either. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I really like that matchup. Or Leipzig-Arsenal. Yeah. I think that would be a good matchup as well. Ooh, Barcelona-Napoli. That would, yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, I would enjoy that. I'm trying to think of, like, like I guess Real Madrid versus Leipzig would be good. I, I think Real Madrid versus Inter would be a great matchup as well. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Or even Atletico Madrid versus Inter. You know what? Every single possibility is going to be great. <laughs> Honestly, it is. That's, that's how I feel right now. Um, Orto Arsenal? Maybe. Could be yeah. good. Uh, Porto versus Man City. Will not yeah. be good. 100% won't be good. Um, all right. Anything else? Uh, I know there, you know, we didn't really get to talk about much, but there's not, you know, much to talk about other than that the draw is next week and we'll see how it goes. No, I'm, I'm just itching for these Reddit questions, man. I'm excited. Yeah. Well then, um, without further ado, I guess we'll get into the first ever Reddit questions time. Um, so the way it goes you guys put questions on the second and short Reddit, which you can find. Um, I just pulled it back up on the screen. R slash second and short. It's right under Luke's face. Um, you can obviously submit your own questions. I already took it off the screen, so you're just doing something weird. Um, I'm biting it. I oh, understand. you already took it off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> but Gnashing at it. This week, Nathan was kind enough to leave us some questions on the Reddit. So let's start with, we'll just maybe go through all of these. Uh, there's quite a few, but we'll, we'll go ahead and just go through all of them. Who is the most dominant team of all time in any sport? Oh my God. <laughs> dominant team all time, any sport. Is it, but see, this could be, is it like a season or like an era? Just whatever you'd like. Obviously, there's no rules because it's Nathan's question, so it's simply up to interpretation. I, you know, the the Bulls team that won like 70 games is still pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Or not not the Bulls, the Warriors. Sorry, the Warriors, the Warriors team that, that just did it. Three? Yeah. Yeah, 73 and nine. Yeah, or maybe it was seventy two, but yeah, that's um, no, that's honestly the first one that comes to okay. Bold, that's the first one that comes to mind. Okay, I was thinking, yeah. you know, the Arsenal uh, undefeated team uh, in the early two thousands. That was certainly a dominant uh, team. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think of obviously the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl that year, but. Um, when they went undefeated in the regular season, got all the way to the Super Bowl, lost to the Giants. But that was one hell of a run. Um, I'm thinking 
UGA last year. Really? Yeah, last year's Georgia team, I think 2019's LSU football team. Yeah. There's a lot to choose from. Uh, there when, is. When you think of like all sports because, man, there's so many um, to think of. I, I wonder if there's just like some small team sport that we haven't talked about. Like, how about this? Um, the 20... 20- 15 women's world cup team from the u.s that was yeah that was, was a good dominant team. team that was a really good team all right well let's move on to the next question because i'm kind of out of ideas how about oh. 2014 world cup germany that was a dominant team as well yeah yeah all right top yes, three sir. holidays go now <laughs> uh thanksgiving christmas fourth of july in that order in that order which way one, two, three. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I definitely. What like about it. you? Um, you know, I'm, you've already thought too long. Yeah, no, I <laughs> enjoy. Okay, so I'm gonna go New Year's number one. Ooh, I'm okay. a big, I'm a college football guy. You got the college football playoff semifinals and the New Year's Six Bowls. Yeah, that's the big one. New Year's Eve, I guess, would be the holiday that I like. Um, yeah. Like the moment last year, Ohio State misses the game-winning field goal as the clock hits midnight on the East Coast. Like, you can't write better TV than that. Um, no. And like, so definitely New Year's number one. Um, I'm obviously not a huge Christmas guy. Being half Jewish, we always kind of just like we did it as like kids. We did it. Now it's like not a big deal to me. Now that I'm like uh-huh. an adult. Uh, but Thanksgiving's where it's at. Thanksgiving is goaded. Yeah. Thanksgiving number two, once again, because of sports, <laughs> football, yeah. on family, food. Like, that's amazing. Um, and then in, I'm going to just pick one that you simply have no experience with, Hanukkah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't eight know. nights. How can you beat a holiday that's eight days? I guess with one that's longer. But um, so, can you explain to me and the viewers? So you have a a holiday that spans multiple days, yeah. right? Do you do something different every night, or uh, what do you do on these? It's nights? all kind of similar. So I don't obviously I don't know like all the stuff. I'm not you know devout uh, in that way. But um, you you have the menorah. It's got nine spots for a candle technically there's one primary like i don't know the names like there's names for each different candle and stuff i don't know that stuff but each night you add a you add a candle to the menorah it signifies something you light it you let it burn throughout um you know until it's burned itself all the way down um there's a different prayer associated with i believe every night uh but there's also one like primary one um as well that's as much as I know or am okay. willing to guess. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I didn't know anything, yeah. so that helped. All right. Next thing, though, favorite football player that nobody else would think of? I, I would honestly have to go Martavis Bryant. Uh, his short stint with the Steelers. Um, out of Clemson with D-Hop. Probably would have, if he never smoked marijuana and kind of threw his NFL career away, 
the Steelers probably don't have to draft Juju, and the Steelers probably would have been fine with letting go of Antonio Brown. The dude was on pace. I I, I believed in Martavis Bryant probably more than anybody else did. 6'5", fastest wide receiver on the team. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's fair. And if you haven't seen it, 2015 wildcard game, I will never forget how when he fucking front flip caught the ball through the end zone versus Drake or Patrick. One of the best plays I've ever seen a wide receiver make. Martavis Bryant was sick when he was in yeah. his prime. All right. I like that. Um, one of my favorite football players to watch that nobody would ever even think of, probably, Taylor Gabriel, slot mm. receiver for the for the Falcons. I think he was only was he out of like Georgia? two years. I don't think so. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, him, like him, Muhammad Sanu, and Julio Jones were awesome. And I just I loved having like a speedy slot receiver that was just great. Muhammad Sanu was sick. Yeah. Muhammad Sanu was sick. Pass. Um God. undrafted out of Alabine Christian? Abilene Christian. Abilene. In Abilene, Abilene. gotcha. Like where um one of George Strait's exes resides. Abilene. Oh. Sweet Eileen. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, this one is addressed to you. It says, for Luke. Oh, um, gosh. How can you trust Chris Boswell when Chris crossed applesauce? So who knows what he would do to you? Wow. That's a really good question, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> None of the podcast time is wasted with that question. Nope, not at all. <laughs> I uh, Look, I mean, Chris Boswell, I you know, this actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn Make it into this a into good a question real question, please. So, Chris Boswell, <laughs> I, I genuinely think is one of the most overlooked kickers of our generation. Agreed. Out of Rice, he's been consistent almost Onside his entire career, except that. Well, back it up now. <laughs> Don't let's not get too far <laughs> ourselves. He can't Rabona. I, I could probably teach him how to Rabona better, and that's he not, did it that's well at Rice. A lot. Yeah, he it yeah, he did Rice. it at Rice. Um. But yeah, I mean, I would I would say he's right up there with Justin Tucker, really. Um, maybe not stats wise, but yeah. quality of a kicker. If you I want someone who's wise gonna... is where Tucker's got him, for sure. Um, and also Tucker is a better kicker at in Pittsburgh than Boswell is That's too. True. So, um, yeah, he's been consistent, and I hope the Steelers have him until he's like in his forties. I think okay. that'd be awesome. I love Boswell. All right. Uh, this one says top three worst trades in Yankees history. This one's also addressed to you, but. Uh, I don't know if I can. Yeah, that's of... what I was thinking. If you can think of any Yankees trades that you hate, uh, have at it. Um. Hmm. Because I, I, I personally think can't any... think of any at the moment. Let's uh, let's look at New York Post article: the worst Yankees trades oh, of all time. Great, I love real New fast. Uh, yeah. Um, rookie mistake: Fred McGiff to the Br- Fred McGriff. Yeah, to the Braves. To the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um. Yeah, honestly, like I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the worst Yankees trades would be like more historic, and I just yeah. really don't know. The ins and outs. I feel like the Yankees have not really been a trade team the past like recent years. Yeah. 
Best so I really don't trade, know. getting Babe Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one's safe to say. <laughs> yeah. That one's uh that one's pretty easy. Maybe yeah. Juan Soto. Who knows? Who all right. knows? That's true. Um all right, this one's for both of us. If you had a hundred at bats to get on base against the new Dodgers team with Shohei on the mound, healthy, could you get on base? Or actually, sorry, could you get a base hit? Well, you definitely could. No. No. Yes, you could. No. Yes, you could. A no. hundred at bats, you're getting on base. A hundred at bats, base. I have no chance because the thing is, is that Shohei Otani could step up there and throw three pitches straight down the middle, a hundred miles an hour. I'm not touching them. There is no way I touch it. And on the hundredth at bat, he could go out there and throw three pitches straight down the middle, ninety four, and I'm not touching it. <laughs> Well, I'm 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 fucked. I would literally if <laughs> I am fucked. If you made me get into a batter's box with Shohei Otani on the mound, I would cry. A hundred at bats, I think you get on base six times. I think you're out of your fucking mind. You you're you were a player. Dog. I played. I, I never... wasn't. I was not good, nor great, nor serviceable. Okay, let me let me flip the question. You have okay. prime Angelton Simmons, right? You're playing first base. Yep. Prime Angelton Simmons is going to throw a hundred like ground balls that he fields to you as hard as he can. Yeah. How many plays are you making? Well, Angelton Simmons was fucking amazing. I can catch a ball if it gets thrown at me. I- I'd say there's probably going to be a couple in the dirt. I can't scoop. Uh. I'd say if I have a hundred chances, I'll probably catch seventy nine of them. Okay. Have That's you ever caught going. triple digits before? That's a genuine question. No. No. Well, it couldn't wasn't Simmons one of those shortstops that could pump triple probably. digits across the diamond? Yeah, he maybe wasn't triple. He was probably mid nineties. Yeah. Okay. All right, next question. Is there anyone in the MLB who deserves a bigger contract than Shohei Otani? Um, no, no, not at all. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Do no. I think um, that there's a player at all in the MLB that deserves that big of a contract? No. You you could make a case for Acuna. I I would no. go as far as to no, say that with nobody, how young he is, nobody, including Shohei Otani, deserves seventy million dollars a year. I know he's not actually getting that paid. But if average annual value, not a single person deserves seventy million a year. You don't even think Shohei deserves no. seven million, dude? There's a chance wow. he doesn't pitch. There's a chance he never pitches again. And you have a seven hundred so, million dollar DH. What do, would you value him at? Like what four fifty? If he never pitches again. If he never pitches he's still again, one of the best I I think he's a five hundred. Okay. I don't. I just. I can't. I can't imagine paying two hundred million dollars for a guy that even if he does come back to pitch, probably only pitches three years. Yeah, I mean that that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, like, and I get that's what he's really done is point. unprecedented. That deserves unprecedented money. Seven hundred million is ridiculous because not only does that is that a, a shitload of money that maybe you'll regret at some point. That's money that shifts the market. 
entirely. Because Blake Snell is going to go into his negotiations with teams right now and be like, okay, well, let's say half of Shohei's game is from pitching. He's getting 450, but I just won the Cy Young. Shouldn't I get 450 for pitching? Yeah. Yeah, that's the crossroads. Um, and it's going to affect the market for forever. That is true. Um, before you keep going, do we want to save some of these questions? How many do we have left? Uh, there's only two questions left. Oh, okay. Yeah, might as well just go through them then. All right. Let's do it. Top three non-alcoholic drink mixes. Mixtures. Mixes? Yeah. So so what mixture of drinks that are non-alcoholic is your top three? I already have a top three. Right I'm, I want you to go first. Okay, number I don't one. Know. An Arnold Palmer. Okay. Easy. Sweet tea and lemonade. Um, number two. Yeah. Okay, well, I wanted to put this one at three. I'm going to have to put it at two. It's my go-to. Um, you go to a restaurant where you fill up your own cup. They've got Pepsi products. You don't want Pepsi. Root beer and Mr. Pibb mixed together. Fantastic. It's like a cherry. Wow. It's like Never a cherry even root beer. It's amazing. Heard of that amazing. before. Amazing. <laughs> no, I... That's all off. Know. That's all out of here, man. That's yeah. all. That's all off me. Uh, so can I say mix sodas whenever I do my list? Yeah, you can mix two sodas. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Last one. Um, I'm going to be honest. I only have a top two. I don't. I don't mix a lot of stuff. Okay. Um, Powerade Sprite definitely has to make my list. Um, yeah, Colin did that whenever we got dinner recently and I, I totally had forgotten about that combo. Um, shout out Colin. We can't wait for you to come back. Um, yeah. Powerade Sprite definitely has to be on my list. Can I say raspberry Coke? Can I say flavored soda? Does that count? Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. So vanilla Coke, Powerade Sprite, raspberry Coke. Top three. Okay. Well then I'm going to add a conditional third place. Um, Dr. Pepper cream soda. It's already a flavor of their yeah. Dr. Pepper, so I'm taking it now. Um, I mean, that's great. fair. Uh, it, and for all of y'all who want to go out and try raspberry Coke, it might taste like cough medicine, which is why I like it so much. That's disgusting. All right, last one. This is a fun one. Uh, <laughs> did the Grinch really steal Christmas if he gave it back? No. All right. That's what I'm saying. He borrowed Christmas. Yeah. I mean, for about, like, I, I don't know, what, like a two and a but half hours, they, it was like the worst thing in the world. Okay, well, hold on. Because if we're talking about the term stole, he stole Christmas for a little bit. Like, if he, were to, if he were to steal your car, but you got it back, he still stole your car. He yeah. stole Christmas, but they got it back. So I think he yeah. did steal it. Now, now that I'm reprocessing this question, yeah, that I mean that is a good point. Yeah, the Grinch did; he did steal Christmas, but he gave it back. Asterisk, yes. he gave it back. Yeah, the Grinch, not built different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you, if you, oh man, if you were you Max know, is built different though. Yeah, Max is built different for sure. <laughs> yeah, and like, let's be honest, like. Like the um the Jim Carrey Grinch 
wouldn't have given it back if Dr. Seuss didn't write it that way. That is true. He would have kept that, <laughs> that shit for himself. That is true. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's one hell of a way to end an episode. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. easily the most fun yes. we've probably ever had doing questions. The, the age-old <laughs> debate. Did yeah. the Grinch actually steal Christmas? <laughs> oh, man. That was uh, great. Yeah. Um, we need more questions, Nathan. Yeah. Not just Nathan, everybody, everybody that's listening, everybody. the person right now that I'm looking deep into your soul, my fingers pointing straight in your face, you, it's like Uncle Sam, <laughs> I need you <laughs> to subscribe, yeah. like, comment, and turn on notifications on YouTube, and then on the podcast platforms, five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify, leave us a written review as well, and then... Follow all the social media accounts. They're all below here. You can find that second and short Reddit over there under Luke, right under Luke. It's right over there. And uh, that's where you can submit your questions or anything else. Recommendations. You could tell us that you absolutely hate the sound of my voice in your ears on that Reddit. And maybe I'll listen to you. Maybe I'll make some, maybe I'll put a voice filter on. Fuck it. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I'll make it super high pitched so that the next time you listen, you really hate it. Or we can finally do an episode like this. Nope. That's it. That's it. That's all. Make sure you guys share with all your friends and family because uh, you're going to see plenty of your family for the holiday season. And um, with that, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football. And uh, we're never doing ASMR ever. Peace. Peace.